I fish, I hunt, and always will. Broadcasting from the Alclair Outdoor Studios. Presented by OnX. Know where you stand with OnX. <clears throat> We're not just a radio show anymore. This is Sporting Journal Radio. Welcome to the show. My name is Brett Amundsen. Thank you for tuning in on uh, the network by demand, sportingjournalradio.com, or by watching this on YouTube. Thank you very much. Along with Dan Amundsen, who's over there. Do you are you even mic'd up, Dan? No, oh, you should. Oh, he's not mic'd up. Maybe he will be at some point. You won't see him on camera, but um, you won't hear him say anything anyway. I guess so. It doesn't matter. But we're also joined by Joe Henry from Lake of the Woods Tourism. How are you doing, Joe? Hello, Brad. I'm doing good. And Paul Johnson from Riverbend Resort. Paul, hey, Brad. Hey, Paul's Brad, going? How are you doing? Paul's got Miko over there. I, I coaxed her up on the couch. <laughs> yeah, she's normally not allowed on the couch, but that's awesome. That's she's great. She had uh, quite the couple of days, you know, she just got done with some surgery and uh, I wasn't gonna hunt her at all. And we just spent two days up here grouse hunting and she walked all but one walk with us. I was kind of impressed. I didn't expect it. So she'll probably be snoring here in a couple of minutes. She's ready for a blanket and a hot toddy. <laughs> so am I. We, uh, we did grouse hunt for a couple of days up here, and we also hunted up at the Northwest Angle with Andy Rees and Forrest Hustet out of Layout Boats, and we're going to talk to those guys about that experience in a little bit. And uh, we're going to talk about grouse hunting and all the opportunities you can, uh, you can take advantage of up here in the Lake of the Woods area to go walk through the woods uh, pretty easily. I mean, honestly, we did take Mika through some heavy cover, but for the most part, we also had some nice, easy trails to walk that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. But first, this is who our sponsors are this week. Live Target, Match Hatch at LiveTargetLures.com. Lake of the Woods Tourism, Lake of the Woods is the walleye capital. Plan a trip for this winter at LakeoftheWoodsMN.com. Haybell Heights Campground and Resort. Book a trip to Devil's Lake. Learn more at HaybellHeights.com. Ottertail Lakes Country. Find your inner otter at OttertailLakesCountry.com. And Prairie Sportsman, the new season starts in January, but you can watch episodes anytime at the Prairie Sportsman YouTube channel. All right, don't forget to check out the Fish Hunt Forever YouTube channel. We've got some new videos uh, that we posted up there, and we will be posting the video from our Northwest Angle Layout Boat Duck Hunt there soon as well, too. And we'll be telling you more about that coming up later in the show, so check that out. Uh, also check out uh, the Prairie Sportsman YouTube channel. We were filming for Prairie Sportsman while we were up here as well, too. And uh, that episode will be coming up in the new season starting uh, in January on Pioneer Public Television. Or PBS out of uh, Granite Falls and then on a PBS station near you as well uh, too so check it out so um, Joe it's we've been trying to make a grouse hunting show work up here for quite a while yeah. uh, I mean we've talked about it for years yeah. uh, we finally got it done and I, I think part of the reason we finally got it done this year is because we were talking about coming up here anyway we're gonna do some fish we're gonna go do the layout boats and then Paul posted a picture of shooting a couple of grouse up here recently, and then I was like, well, we gotta come up here and try to shoot some grouse. So uh, we finally did it. It was tough hunting. Yeah, it was. Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, and I don't know if your listeners don't realize this or not, but Danny and Brett and I were talking about it, and you know, we we didn't really realize the, the, the detrimental effect that snow has on grouse hunting. And, you know, we kind of thought, hey, that's snow, they'll probably show up better you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, come to talk to the guys from the, the Rough Grouse Society, you know, that snow, I mean, n number one, those birds are not on the ground. They're up in the trees. 
and there's so much snow in the trees and there's so many pines you cannot see those birds i mean they all if they don't move there's no way you'll ever see one secondly the, the dogs can't get a scent and you know finally when the, the other thing the girls do is they they hide in the snow and we had six inches of snow, so there's enough snow they could burrow in if they wanted to. So for all those reasons, we uh, we put on some miles. I will say this. I got a good education this uh, the last couple of days. And talking to the experts who deal with a lot of grouse aficionados, you know, experts, you know, that grouse out in crowd, it's not the worst thing in the world to go have a, a, a beautiful hunt like we did. I mean, the, the fresh snow on those trees was so gorgeous. We saw tracks, we saw, you know, wolf tracks, fox tracks, possibly marten tracks. We saw, I mean, we saw a lot of cool stuff. Now, and we got a lot of flushes. Got two shots, no birds. But according to the people that really are, are uh, hardcore grouse hunters, that's not the worst thing in the world. You know, I think grouse hunters, um, I've, I've made jokes about grouse hunters all the time. It's almost like they're more happy when they don't kill a grouse. Yeah. You know, they're like Maybe the purest. Us, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll love this episode of Prairie Sportsman. Um, you know, and Dan, I think, made the comment, they're like musky anglers. You know, it's like if you see, if you see a fish, you know, if you get a follow or you raise a fish or whatever, if you flush a grouse, you're you're uh, having a successful day. So we, we, we did put up, I don't know, a dozen birds or something like that, including a woodcock, which I was kind of surprised at. You know, it's a little bit late, and, you know, a little cold out there for him. So he probably woke up one morning uh, up here by Lake of the Woods and was like, whoa, where am I? What is this white stuff? I need to get the heck out. We, but, you know, it was interesting because we were talking to, you know, Charlie uh, with the DNR Wildlife. And, you know, he was saying, you know, as we kidded around about it. Should have been here 10, 10 days ago. Should have been here 10 days ago. Because before that snow hit, you know, people are going on getting limits of grouse before uh, 11 o'clock in the morning. And it was very common. We heard it from everybody, didn't we? And that's why we're like, well, hey, let's, this would be a great year to go get that show done. Didn't realize it still would have such an effect on the grouse hunting. It was cool though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really cool. And honestly, I didn't think we were supposed to get that much snow. Like, like right before we left, I saw a forecast from Northern Minnesota of four to nine inches, but that storm was supposed to hit, I think last Thursday or something like that before we were gonna come up here. So I was like, oh, I looked at the forecast from, for when we were gonna be here. I'm like, oh, it looks great. You know, low 30s, mid 20s, you know, for lows. I think it's going to be pretty nice, a little bit cooler than last time we went up and hunted out of layout boats, but for the most part, it's not going to be too bad. No snow in the forecast. And then we're coming back from, uh, from the Northwest Angle. Aw, Mika. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so awesome. Um, we're coming back from the Northwest Angle, and we started to get snow there on, so what day would we come back? Monday? And... It said we were supposed to get like an inch of snow or something, and then we were, we were kind of in a full-blown snowstorm. We were coming down here, and when it was all said and done, it was six inches or something like that. And I'm like, well, oh, this could get interesting for the grouse. And yeah, we interviewed Charlie Tucker at uh, Norris Camp, which, by the way, is a really cool story that we're going to be uh, telling uh, as part of this Prairie Sportsman episode, and then maybe some other things too. Um, but we got to meet him over there and see that place. That was really neat. And then. Yeah, I bet he said it four or five times. Oh, I wish you guys would have been here 10 days yeah. ago. So that's kind of a running joke because, well, and then the more miles we put on, you know, you know what the funny joke was, is we we're talking about this one. You know, for your Prairie Sportsman TV show, there's going to be that disclaimer. 
No grouse were killed or injured in the shooting of this film. <laughs> not, by, not by intent, you know. Well, and we had Jared Olofsson with, uh, as well as Chuck Lindner, who are both co-chairs of the Lake of the Woods chapter of the Rough Grouse Society. What great guys, huh? Great guys, and Chuck will be joining us here on the show this week as well, too, coming up in a little bit. But Jared even mentioned a couple of times he should have been here 10 days ago. I mean, it was like a broken record. We kept hearing this. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. This is when we had a chance to come up here and do it. And honestly, it was really cool. You know, you try to time it when the leaves come off. You know, hunting with the leaves on, Paul, as you know, it's kind of a challenge. I always joke that the reason I don't like to, I, I like pheasant hunting better is because I like to see the birds when they flush. You know, I have a chance at, at shooting at them. And even with the leaves off, like today, the same thing. I still didn't have much of a chance to shoot them, but um, we walked some really cool country. Like to, to learn about the habitat up here is Beltrami Island State Forest. Just, just incredible grouse habitat. And the work that RGS combined with the DNR have done to create those hunter walking trails, essentially providing access. So you're looking at, I don't know how many acres that state forest is. I don't know if you guys know that off the top of your head, but it's a, it's a huge area. And looking at it on a map and a, and a guy says, ah, yeah, I wanna go, to, go hunt that. It's like, well, where do you start? You know, it's, it's kind of intimidating that big of a wilderness area. And there are some old logging roads and there are some roads that roll through there. But, you know, you, know, you could roll down a road and there could be a parking area for you to pull off of. And then just thousands and thousands of acres of woods. Where do you go? Where do you start? How far do you go? Is it just, you know, woods? Well, these trails really give you uh, an easy way to get started. Uh, hunting an area like that. So uh, we're gonna talk to Chuck Lindner from RGS, from the Lake of the Woods chapter in a little bit to learn more about that partnership with the DNR and the Rough Grouse Society to create those trails. We'll talk about them a little bit more too here uh, coming up in just a little bit. And uh, we will also have Forrest Husset and Andy Reeves. They guide for layout boat duck hunting at uh, Lake of the Woods. We were hunting with them up in the Northwest Angle. Shot a really cool special duck We'll tell you about that coming up later in the show as well. And we'll come back with uh, Joe Henry and Paul Johnson next on Sporting Journal Radio. 852 million acres of public land, 147 million private properties, all in the palm of your hand. The number one hunting GPS app just got better. With hundreds of custom map layers, 3D and topographic maps, you can easily scout on the road or at home before you go. And now you can get important weather details, CWD detection, and even know what crops have been planted where. Get the most trusted hunting GPS app ever made. Onyx. Know where you stand with Onyx. We're back, Sporting Journal Radio. I'm Brett Amundsen. Thank you for tuning in on the network by demand, sportingjournalradio.com, or by uh, watching this on YouTube. Thank you very much. Make sure you like it and subscribe, share it with your friends, and three other YouTube channels to check out while you're on here. Go to Fish Hunt Forever, subscribe to that. Also, Tazan Lake Lodge, and of course, Prairie Sportsman. We're at Riverbend Resort right now in cabin number four. I love this cabin, Paul. It's a great one. It's one of your new ones. It's uh, it's beautiful. It's comfortable. We're sitting here with Joe Henry and Paul Johnson from Riverbend Resort at Lake of the Woods, Walla Capital of the World, Joe. And it's been painful. We've had a great time. We've shot ducks. We chased grouse. We've been up here for four or five days now. We didn't fish at all. There's, what's wrong with us? It feels weird, doesn't it? It's crazy. Yeah, you know what, I, uh, I knew we weren't gonna fish, 
But before I left, I grabbed a, a couple of rods. I have a small box that I got some jigs and some different things and some basics, you know. And so we could fish yet, is what you're I saying. I the back before we up. leave. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, well, and you know, as far as the fishing goes, we still got a pile of fish out front. The kicker is we got six inches of snow, so most people aren't in the fishing mode. Deer hunting is Saturday. Yeah. Most people aren't in the fishing mode. You know what I mean? But there's still fish out there. And it's funny because... Um, there's you know there's more and more fish coming in the river too the shiners are running really good there's more fish in the river so it's actually a beautiful time to fish there's no traffic but with six inches of snow people are just kind of psyched out i think there's probably some hardcores that are fishing the river a little bit yet not a lot of people but i know there's probably a few boats out um but uh you know it's it's winding down man you know hey we do have I will say this, we do have some ice on, uh, like Boston Bay we went by today had some ice on it. Some of the back bays got a little skim. Things are happening. And, you know, when you look at that weather forecast, the, the highest it's going to get in the next couple of weeks, I think, is mid-30s. Don't remind me. And, you know, it's going to be, well, you, you still get You're your decoys. You we also got your decoys out yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some of the typical traditions of them diehard fall fishermen is, is that first weekend of, of deer hunting. They're not out in the woods, they're out in the boat. And it can be very productive and rewarding times for them. Honestly, this weekend is probably the best weekend of the fall, if you think about it. Now, the majority of people, Minnesota, Wisconsin, are, well, not Wisconsin yet, but Minnesota, at least this weekend, are, are in the woods chasing whitetails. Uh, but between this and even the Wisconsin opener, it's like can be the best waterfowl weekend of the year. Uh, it can be great for fishing, might be a little cold out there, but it can be really good for a lot of different things. And uh, of course, a lot of guys are, are deer hunting, which is nice for me. When I like to bow hunt, I stay out of the woods during the gun season, uh, or maybe I'll climb into a stand with my bow, but it, it, it leaves a lot of uh, areas open for duck hunting, stuff like that. So now where, where we were hunting grouse, all that public land, I bet that'll be crawling with, with deer hunters, I'm sure, uh, come this weekend. Majority of them, through years and traditions, have kind of staked their areas and have their deer camps established on, on private properties, but hunt that vast majority of the public land. So yeah, there'll be a lot of orange moving around out there. Yeah, that's. I just want to mention one more thing about that. It was kind of a neat area, that Norris camp. Um, I had no idea. There, so we filmed up at Sac Simbog uh, over by Del, closer to De, Duluth, and that area is very similar in the sense that it was farmed at one point, didn't work. The towns of Sax and Zim dried up. They're ghost towns. I didn't know there was another place like it in the state, and come to find out that this area that we were at, same kind of thing. They came and farmed it tried to you know farm in a bog basically it didn't work and uh, uh, but there was a camp of 200 people that were basically there to help move people in and out of the out of the area move people it was a CCC camp yeah yeah they would yeah the way Charlie explained it is uh, that the you know the, the 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 government wanted to attract people to that area to, to start their their lives and to farm and you know, they come to find out it's a swamp, it didn't work. So not only did they lose their butts, but the banks that lent, lent them the money, they lost their butts too. And people were desperate, it was the depression. They're trying to help them get back on their feet, get reestablished again. And like, at some point in time, there was like 200 people there. Yeah, it was, it was wild. And the bathroom, Paul, have you been, have you been there before? No, not, no. So the, the, the bathroom house, you know, there was uh, a big trough 
for like you'd see it like you see at the Metrodome or or wherever and then you know you had uh, probably a shower facility in there and then the latrine was seven holes on one side it is like a I suppose it's like an, ar an old army barracks is, or you know marines or whatever seven holes on one side and then seven holes on the other side so it's 14 holes you sat right next to your your buddy and back to back with the guy on the other side and and then there was like a some sort of uh, a system on the bottom where I suppose as as the uh, as more and more weight was added to it, it would stuff would the refuse would slide down and out. So when you had to clean out the the hole, it was off to the side of the building. It was an interesting concept, interesting system. Yeah, those buildings are there, neat. And you know, uh, they, so uh, people can stop by that Norse camp. You can stop by. They got brochures in there if you want to go look around a little bit. But uh, that's right in the middle of the woods. You know, but one of the things I thought was interesting is at one point in time, we were going to, you know, head to town and uh, the, the sign, we, we were, we weren't even like, we weren't at, on the far edge of the woods or anything like that. The sign said 22 miles of town. Yeah. They were in the middle of the forest. That gives you a perspective of how big that forest is. And it, here's the thing too. You can have a forest, but you don't always have accessibility to a forest. There's lots and lots of dirt roads that go through there. There's ATV trails, there's walking trails. There's a lot of opportunity. I know a lot of people, Paul, and you, you can verify this. There are a lot of people that their best, their, their most enjoyable way of hunting is ATV hunting. Just going for long rides and seeing some gross on the trail. So you can come up here in the fall, do some hunting, do some grouse hunting. People could stay here and, and, and it's not a far drive from here to go do some grouse hunting, or they can start thinking about ice fishing. And I'm sure that's, I'm sure you're probably already thinking about ice fishing. You probably want to shut your brain off for a few days yet and maybe a couple of weeks before it starts, but it's going to be here pretty quick, isn't it? It is. We'll try to shut our brains off, but it has that magical smell in the air. It's like, that time and you just smell the ice formation from miles away and like Joe said some of the tributaries are already icing up the shoreline uh, just right down at the bottom of the bank is starting to ice up already as well and it's time it's coming we're ready oh, yeah. <laughs> well I know one of the best parts of fall is uh, going down and looking at the shiners on the dock down there and I see the lights out, uh, down there if you had some uh, quite a bit of action down there off the dock. So yeah, it was a pretty good harvest of shiners this year. <clears throat> Those that were, were netting them and, and capturing them for the season did really well. Uh, boxes are full, freezers are full, ready to go. Some still have nets down there uh, and there are shiners still moving in and out of the river and just coming over tonight you could hear the fish kind of rolling around those nets chasing shiners. Here's your chance to do some fishing. Do some fishing. <laughs> well, I would like to go down there and check it out. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll go film a little bit of it and put it on uh, somewhere on social media or somewhere out there. I'm sure you, you guys can see it on. You probably have something on the Lake of the Woods page. Yeah, you know we get we get articles about it and such on our on our website. And if you just go on our site and search, uh, you know, Emerald Shiners, you'll find lots of articles about it. And but it's really interesting. You know, when you look across the docks in the fall, like right now, as we look out the Rainy River. We are right in the Rainy River. And when you look out, you see little white lights periodically spaced, you know, and, and those lights are right over the water. And what they do is those lights attract those shiners. So when they're really running, you get a, well, you get gallons swirling. And what you do is you grab that handle and you pull down that handle and that big umbrella that comes up. And if things go right, you got gallons of them. You dump them right in that live well. You want to keep them in that nice fresh river water because they're, they're a delicate minnow, you know. 
And uh, the other thing that's interesting is that when, when these minnow harvesters harvest their minnows, and a lot of them will freeze them, everybody has a different way to freeze them. Some people use a special kind of salt. Some people say you got to spread them out and flash freeze them right away. No salt at all. Everybody's got their own little recipe, you know. It's interesting. It's very interesting. I'm anxious to go take a look at it. So we're going to go do that. We've got Andy Reeves and Forrest Husek coming up uh, to talk about layout boat duck hunting up at the Northwest Angle. And Chuck Lindner. Chuck Lindner was an interesting guy. Like some of the things that he does, uh, we're going to learn a little bit about that and uh, learn about his involvement with Rough Grouse Society, their partnership with the DNR, and how they're working hard to create not only habitat for you to go hunt and find rough grouse and woodcock and spruce grouse and sharp tails even, but how it's uh, creating more access Access for hunters out there. He's next on Sporting Journal Radio. Live Target, the leader in Match the Hatch, is back with new lures that also match the action. Introducing the Live Craw. The Live Craw is irresistible to bass, walleye, and other freshwater species. FTEC's winner, the Ultimate Frog, looks and acts just like a swimming frog. With an exposed ultra point mustad hook and replaceable legs, the Ultimate Frog has two styles, two sizes, and eight colors. And iCast and FTEC's winner, the Live Shrimp, mimics a fleeing shrimp for saltwater anglers coming soon from live target northern minnesota's walleye factory is a year-round world-class fishing destination the perfect getaway this summer is just a short drive to lake of the woods fish big traverse bay the rainy river or visit the unique northwest angle to catch big fish you have to go where the big fish are plan your trip to lake of the woods at lake of the woods mn.com that's LakeOfTheWoodsMN.com. All right, welcome back to Sporting Journal Radio. I'm Brett Amundsen. Thanks for tuning in on the network. By demand, SportingJournalRadio.com or by watching this on YouTube. We're out in the woods right now, up in Bel Beltrami State Forest. We're at Beltrami? Bel Beltrami Island State Beltrami Forest. Beltrami Island yes. State Forest. All right, uh, Chuck Lindner joins us right now. He's a co-chair of uh, the Lake of the Woods chapter of the Rough Grouse Society. And we just got, gone, just got done going about four and a half miles through here today. It was a nice nice walk out here. It was. Uh, winter got us a little early, yeah. but uh, this is one of my favorite spots to be in the fall. It feels more like winter today, but... Uh, it was a wonderful day and definitely a lot of good habitat out here to hunt. It was, it's beautiful out here. Honestly, looking at the snow on the pines and it was about six inches of snow that fell, kind of surprised us a little bit. We might've just timed it a, a little <laughs> poorly, but what do you do? Uh, either way, we got some good exercise and we saw some birds. I think uh, during this trip, we've, we've put up about 10, 11 birds, something like that. And that one, that last one over here, I thought we were gonna get. I did too, it was super close. It was obviously still in the tree. The dog was on point, he kept looking up. I heard a little whimpering like, why can't you see it, I can. And I think that's what we ran in today is just these birds were hanging out in the pines. They don't have a lot of reason to move and uh, just the flushes we got in some ways we're lucky. So uh, we've, we've had a great fall here. It's just when you get into this time of year, those birds are feeding in those pines and their natural recourse is just to fly up um, or, or just to stay in those pines. And I think we, we saw a lot of that today. I heard that somebody had seen woodcock still hanging around this past weekend so right at the end of october some colder weather maybe maybe there wasn't snow there i don't i don't remember uh obviously we got snow here and i'm 
pretty sure I flushed one here today. That's that's pretty rare that they'd still be here this late, isn't it? It is rare, but two days ago on my way home from my evening commute, I saw one on a county road. Um, it was snowing out. We already had this snow. So I, I do believe we had some flight birds that were caught off guard and on, uh, very likely you saw one today that was just trying to trying to get south. I know how they feel. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Caught off guard by it too. Talk a little bit about uh, what RGS has done up in this neck of the woods up here. Yeah, RGS, so we're one of the obviously more northern chapters uh, in, in the region. RGS is a Pennsylvania-based organization with strong ties to Minnesota. The, the national hunt happens in Minnesota in Grand Rapids, about a three-hour drive south of here. And we're up here on the, on the Canadian border, kind of on the northern fringe of woodcock habitat some excellent rough grouse habitat and we as a chapter uh, we started just over 30 years ago and we were lucky to have a, a great relationship with the DNR and start to do some habitat projects and more specifically some hunter walking trails. Uh, those trails have flourished into what we call the Star of the North Trail. Uh, when that's all networked together, it'll be over 70 miles of, of hunter walking trail. Wow. Um, some of it is ATV friendly. Um, we try to be, you know, pedestrian. You know, if people want to hike it, if people want to bike it, uh, obviously it'd be more of an off-road bike. We try to keep it well-groomed and, and manicured. But we've been lucky to have that relationship, create, you know, good habitat projects. And, and even like where we're, where we're standing right now, you see some, some older stuff with some younger stuff. We're on a trail. This is prime, prime rough grouse habitat. And, and I would certainly give a shout out to how well our forests are managed up here to keep um, you know, our wildlife in a, with a good food source. This is a big wild country, obviously good rough grouse habitat. Having trails, I mean, there's gonna be some old logging trails that were probably here already too, but having, having some accessibility like these hunter walking trails and some of these other uh, roads and uh, paths that, that uh, run through these trees really open up this area for guys that want to go hunt. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a, Beltrami Island has, you know, some good trails or roads to drive on. Um, you don't need a four-wheel drive. You can, you know, even part of it is paved coming out here today, you noticed. Um, there's campgrounds that are all accessible pretty much by any any type of vehicle. And then you have old logging roads that you can still get down with a Jeep. You have ATV specific trails, some side-by-side -side specific trails, and then you have hunter walking trails. And then of course, uh, if, if you're really ambitious, and we did a fair amount of it today, you can get out and do some good old fashioned bushwhacking. Which I did, and I came around, there's a there's like a big slough over here, and we had split up and I was like, you know, there's no sense in me going back closer to you guys where it necks down. I might as well go around this thing. And it gets real thick over on the other side there. And I was like, what have I done? You know, <laughs> these guys are gonna be waiting at the vehicles for a long time for me. And then I got into some, these tall pines and I found an old trail through them. And it was, I mean, I could have, I could have taken a bike through there. Like it was, it was real easy walking. It was real grousey. I thought for sure I was going to see a bird. I did flush that woodcock right before I got into there. So it, it, it's just neat exploring at any time. 
you get to go out and walk into the, the wild country like this. It's not, I mean, sure you love to shoot some grouse, especially rough grouse, because they're delicious. They are. But just being able to go out and kind of explore and see some of nature like this, it's 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 just neat country to be out in. It is, uh, and we have something for everyone. And you know, with the advent of the GPS and your phone and Thonax, um, it's a little harder to get lost, but uh, it definitely this is country you can get lost in with without the aid of those things so I highly recommend a, a compass and a map and definitely even a backup um, for when your electronics could go dead and mm -hmm. today like today when it's cold out batteries get zapped early um, yeah I tell a lot of people and I, I met with a group of youth not too long ago to, to map and compasses are always a good backup here and I personally carry a couple of them because in the words of Jeremiah Johnson I haven't been really lost but I've been powerfully confused for a while <laughs> <laughs> and this is a country where that will happen um, but there's great great maps that highlight a lot of the trails um, certainly all the roads here and if you're smart you um, you can you can go off trail and then always know where you know your nearest road is so if you can if you need to you can kind of beeline it towards towards that well I definitely used Onyx here today and first of all I made a I made a track so I could see how far I walked where I went and I started it at the vehicle so I knew if I got off trail somewhere I didn't know where to go I knew exactly where I needed to go to get back and there was a couple of times when I got back on this trail over here, I was like, oh, this trail is perfect. It's winding back around this slough. It's headed right towards those guys. And then I saw the footprints. And at first I thought it was you guys. I thought I was back on this main trail. So I just started following them for a while. And I'm like, this, this just doesn't look right. Mm -hmm. And I pulled open on X and sure, I had to cut, I had to make a hard left. Like that trail would have taken me north of here and back out to the highway or the road, I guess. And uh, so I had to cut back and I ended up finding on Onyx, I could see that there was an old trail just barely visible on there. And I was able to get on that and then come right through these trees here and, and come back to you guys. So, and, and thankfully I had a lot of juice in the battery and that's, <laughs> right. it is good to have some backups, but having Onyx today is, uh, is, is real helpful. Um, so th this has been uh, a lot of fun. Obviously, uh, a couple of weeks ago, everybody keeps telling us we should have been here 10 days ago, two weeks ago, whatever it is. Uh, uh, either way, it's been, a, it's been a lot of fun walking through here. It was a three and a half hour walk just on this piece alone. And I yep. went, I don't know how far you guys went, probably very similar, but I went about four and a half miles out here today. Yeah, I think total, I think it was about two miles on our first walk this morning. And, you know, the, we, we're in big woods here, but we're still you know barely you know into this forest we're we're far from the center of this forest we're still you know we're only about seven eight miles from town from war road right now and you, you think about this this forest is about 60 miles um in length uh and the fact that we're just kind of scratching the the start of it um it says a lot about it and and how you know you don't have to go very far uh, to be remote in this forest and you know we've only seen tracks we actually haven't, haven't seen anyone else out here today so it, it definitely gives you a remote experience yeah there was one gunshot and i thought for sure it was you guys and somehow that guy got between us i couldn't believe <laughs> right. it you know i didn't i mean it got a little nicer here this afternoon but we haven't seen anybody really else else out hunting and to have somebody kind of sneak in between where i was and you guys were i was kind of surprised likewise we thought it was you shooting so we were we were celebrating premature evidently <laughs> that's, a, that's how it goes. Um, so the Rough Grouse Society has been around for about 30 years. Uh, do you guys have more habitat work planned? 
Uh, we do. Uh, we're going to continue working with the DNR and some more hunter walking trails. We're supportive of you know, ATV trails. We're supportive of, you know, main big trails. Actually, the road that we came in on today uh, was a, a many, many years ago, Rough Grouse Society Trail before it was just a inaccessible logging road, but now it's, you know, accessible by any vehicle. Mm -hmm. So we, we try to support a, a wide variety of, of habitat and different things that work for us. And, you know, we want, we want, we have so much of this public resource that's accessible, um, but we want people to to get out and be able to use it and and have youth use it and and not be intimidated by it. So I think those hunter walking trails are a great way for someone to see, hey, there's a loop here. I I'm not intimidated by going off into the woods and maybe getting lost. I can come out here, um, you know, park my car and, and go on foot and, and experience that. So we're we're looking at any dynamic ways, if you will, to to have you know to partnership with them. We do a lot of brush cutting and mowing, which is a big deal for things like woodcock for their painting grounds um, so again just lucky to have that relationship with our with our local dnr to support those things well there were some other hunters out here we saw some some wolf tracks while we were out <laughs> here today too they're probably looking for grouse as well but uh, chuck linder uh, co-chair rgs uh, we've been filming this for prairie sportsman for watch for this, so watch for this coming up on the new season of prairie sportsman uh thanks for thanks for taking us out thanks for being on the show we're not quite done we got some daylight yet we have at least one more trail in us let's go find some grouse thank you yes did you know there are more than 1,000 lakes in otter tail county yep and i'm gonna fish as many as i can i'm an outdoorsy otter nothing beats a full day of fishing for me the lakes of Ottertail County give me plenty of options to lower my boat and snag the perfect catch. Not an outdoorsy otter? No problem. Ottertail County has something for everyone. You just need to find your inner otter. To find your inner otter, go to ottertaillakescountry.com. This is Sporting Journal Radio. I'm Brett Amundsen. Thanks for tuning in on the network by demand, sportingjournalradio.com, or maybe you're watching this on YouTube. And if you are, you can see we are on location right now at Jerry's Bar at the Northwest Angle. We're overlooking the water right there, the boat access, Young's Bay. And I've uh, got Corey Loeffler with us, and also Forrest Huset and Andy Reeves. How are you guys doing? Doing good. How are you? Doing well. Are you sure? That's very quiet. Hey, you sounded unsure. <laughs> just we're all just frozen, I think, still just a little bit. And there's a pair of ducks flying over the bay right now, and that's what we are doing up here is uh, jumping in layout boats and uh, and hunting ducks at the Northwest Angle, which is something that I think people are still learning about. That it's an option that you can do up here. People come up here to fish, of course, but it's it's something pretty unique. There's only there's four more ducks flying over there. Look at that, and then two more. There are a lot of birds around right now. And people come up here to fish, but uh, this is kind of a unique place to duck hunt in one of only four-ish places in the state of Minnesota that you can hunt on layout boats. And we did it up here last year, and uh, you guys kind of teamed up to offer this as a guide service. How many years have you guys been doing this now? Uh, guiding officially, what, five years now? Yep. Yeah, this is year five. Year five, yeah. And I know we, we had you on Prairie Sportsman last year. We did an interview about it, but when when you bring people up here, or first of all, when you tell someone, hey, I, I guide layout boat hunting at Lake of the Woods, what's the common reaction you get from people? Confusion. 
They, they don't know what a layout boat is. They don't know what layout boat hunting is. They, they think just it's offshore hunting. So it's, I carry pictures around to show them and then, then they kind of get to thinking. Most of them get scared. They, they see how small and shallow these boats are and that's a little intimidating to them. Corey was doing push-ups in his today. He was. <laughs> do something to stay warm. <laughs> I know, it's kind of funny. Like, you, you, you got video of Corey doing push-ups out on an island out there on the thing, and it's like, oh, man, that guy's tough. No, he's just cold. He's freezing. <laughs> he's just cold. Um, Corey, that layout boat was pretty stable while you did that. Yeah, no problem. I uh, got up, had I drank too much coffee this morning, <laughs> so had to dump some of that out. Um, did some push-ups to stay warm out there, but... Tell you what, the, you get a dress roughly 40 degrees colder, four 40 degrees colder than the ambient temperature. I mean, I've hunted in plenty of stuff that's 20 below, commonly dressed for 40 below at home in the wintertime, and this humid, wet wind just cuts right through you. It's, it was wild. It's an incredible experience and uh, just like nothing else. And you were confined to that layout boat, whereas, you know, even layout hunting in a field somewhere in a layout blind, you can get up and run around, go to the bathroom, whatever you got to do. If you're in a duck blind, obviously you can move around a little bit, but, and yes, you can do push-ups in the layout boats, I guess, but for the most part, you're laying there for a couple of hours that you can't really get up and do anything. So you don't have the ability to really to get out and move around and warm up. And it was cold. I think it was yesterday when we got up to do it the first day, it felt like 10. I think it was 18 or so, somewhere in there. But it felt like 10, so it was cold. Uh, and I didn't even see what the temperature was for day two. Did you guys look at all this morning? I didn't. This, this had to have been the two like coldest days that we've probably ever hunted up here. Yeah. Did you, was there ever a point in your mind where you looked at the forecast, you're like, well, I don't want to take these guys out. and <laughs> It's going to be cold out there. Yeah, sometimes, but it's duck hunting. <laughs> duck hunting gets good. It heats up when the weather gets cold. And, and honestly, the hunting was great. We shot a bunch of ducks. We shot a sea duck. We shot a scoter while we were out there, which was awesome. We missed a couple of other ones that we don't need to talk about <laughs> since I'm really the one that missed them. But the, um, uh, the, I think the hardest part about it for you guys when it gets cold like this is probably running boats and having to keep things from freezing up. You got the deck of that duck tune covered in ice. I mean, it's, uh, it's not an easy hunt to guide for, is it? No, it, I mean, it, it's safety. I mean, right, you guys are you guys are in layout boats that are in anywhere from four to 20 feet of water, you know, and yes, there's life jackets and all the layout boats and everything like that, but, and they're super stable, but end of the day, you gotta be very, very careful with the, tra the transfers into the boats, out of the boats, and yeah. Yeah, well, late season weather, you know, it's safety has to be our number one thing. If guys are getting wet, Obviously, plans have to change because guys can't be wet sitting in these boats. You you won't last. You'll, you'd be in there two minutes and you'd be coming out, we'd be heading in. And so at, at that point, staying dry is the biggest thing. Um, obviously, when that pontoon gets icy, things get interesting. Um, mornings, you've got to get up a little earlier just in case, like the first morning, the motor was froze. Didn't want to turn left or right, so we had to deal with that. But uh, a little, you know tricks to the trade to keep it thawed throughout the night got it working for us today and you just bear with it you know skate around a little bit more but it's okay of course it's kind of a neat opportunity to really test out that Sitka gear wasn't it yeah I mean we were layered up yeah. heavy that's probably the most layered up I think I've been in a long time for for any hunt 
And uh, you said this was one of the coldest hunts you've you've been on, or one of the colder like, hunts. Felt like the coldest hunt. Yeah, I mean I've hunted honkers plenty of times in ten, late 15, season, twenty below zero, um, but just the humidity and just that sea fog absolutely made it feel like 50 below zero it just cuts right through that, that fog was something else we we haven't dealt with it to that extreme up here so that was that was a little different yeah it was it was different like when we hunted last year one day it was like sunny and nice out and i mean it was like a nice fall day and you know felt like summer almost a little bit it, it was nothing like that this year like we at one point it was sunny then five minutes later it was snowing on us and we had fog to deal with the whole time like the birds those little buffalo heads particularly they appear out of nowhere a lot of times anyway because they're so small and fast and sometimes they come from the side or behind you but when you're dealing with that thick fog all of a sudden it'd just be like whoosh, they just appear like oh oh there he goes <laughs> you know he, and he's gone yeah. oh we had that a couple times randy and i were like oh here comes one from the right and next thing you know right across in front of you guys and we're like oh there goes that one <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know and, and and there's a ton of birds around when we went out and scouted even coming back in today just all the big flocks of, of ducks and obviously we, we probably this weather probably had to put a big push on yeah. and brought a bunch of new birds to the area but there's a lot of there's a lot of ducks out there and while a lot of them are buffle heads we i know dan got to shoot at some bluebills today um obviously we we had some sea ducks some scoters around and got to shoot one of those today shot a golden eye today so uh there's a good mixture of ducks around right now yep yeah, we'll get mixtures. It's just, it's very weather dependent on what we see. Um, we see a lot of bills right now because the weather brought them, brought them down. Um, typically they start showing up once our mainland harbors start to freeze over and you, you have to be out on an island to be able to get out to get them because you have to be in the open water already. Um, but we got lucky it pushed some down for us. Um, then yeah, it's, I would probably say it's probably the peak of our buffalo heads would be about right now. So it, it worked out really great weather-wise. It's fun driving around seeing rafts of, I don't know, 1,000, 5,000 yeah. buffalo heads get up. Well, I had a mixture of, of all of the birds out here, but I mean, predominantly buffalo heads. Yeah. Like, it's, uh, I, mean, I, I don't know, there's probably only one place to see it anywhere close to here, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, this is probably the most bluegills we've seen since, what, 2020? Yeah, the last time we got froze out early. Yeah. Uh, we got froze out by, I think we were out October 22nd. Yeah. We, we got pushed out, wow. yeah. It, our season did not last long that year. Um, Young's Bay here froze up and that was it. Uh, Buffalo heads, I think, are fun particularly out of a layout boat because you know they're small and fast and you're you know we had some wind so we're dealing with waves and you're in a new situation can be some added challenges uh, to duck hunting um, but they're not always thought of as the best for table fare I know some people knock them um, Corey talk about your opinion of buffalo heads before this trip and now after this trip oh man I didn't think they were <laughs> anything short of dog food uh, before this um, but we cooked them up last night and my opinion changed um, they're delicious they're absolutely fantastic um, I figured they were going to taste real livery so mm -hmm. I went with a liver and onions approach to it and um, a few weeks ago I consumed I whipped up some white-tailed deer liver and onions and that was pretty sporty 
So, I mean, coming off of that, uh, comparing these buffalo heads to a white-tailed deer liver, oh, these are, this is like, I mean. It was good. Amazing. Yeah. Do you great. think it was that, did you, when you cooked the white-tailed liver, did you have the same ingredients, like were the, were the potato chips part of the, no, the recipe? No, I didn't have the same ingredients. <laughs> I had a lot more ingredients, actually, for the white-tailed oh. liver. And, uh, no, I uh, ran from the cabin over to the bar last night, bought an onion from the bar, and um, some vegetable bouillon soup mix hmm. and salt. And that was all that I had to work with for making the, the buffalo head last night. And um, then you guys bought some potato chips. So we <laughs> some. Uh, the old, it was old Dutch kettle chips. Kettle the, chips, yeah. The, uh, jalapeno and cheddar. Yep, there you go. <laughs> and uh, the Canadian Lay's. Oh, yeah. The um, roasted chicken. Roasted chicken. So That's yeah, right. It's a little chicken vegetable flavor with the buffalo head cooked to a rare. Um, started the onions in the pan first, put a little of that soup mix in there, started the onions, cooked those at about 350 degrees for maybe 20 minutes or something like that. And then I had the buffalo head breasts that uh, Dan and Andy plucked, plucked beautifully, put those skin side up and then turned the broiler on high. So I just pushed the heat down onto that skin on top and then that fat rendered out into the onions and the buffalo head was done to perfection if I might say so myself <laughs> and uh, it was awesome it was excellent no they were really good and uh, I you know uh, we've seen that with a lot of ducks I mean a, a lot of people bash waterfowl is not good table fare but we found ways to I, I feel like if you if you know what you don't always have to know what you're doing, but if you do it the right way, figure it out, Google it, whatever the thing is, you can make some of that stuff taste really good. When we were in Alaska, we ate a lot of divers and sea ducks, and uh, they were really good, and we didn't shoot as many scoters up there, and that's what all, all the locals up there, are like, oh, you gotta shoot those, those scoters. Those are our favorites, because they're bigger and fattier. They call them the, those are the meat, meats and gravy ducks, right, Dan? Yeah. <clears throat> so we shot golden eyes, which actually turned out really good. And we shot, we ate, we ate a harlequin duck that was really good. We ate some of the other ones, but we're really excited about the scoter. So now Dan and I have been already talking about how we want to eat this scoter that we shot out here today. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to eat them. And uh, just what a fun experience, what a fun way to, uh, to hunt these ducks up here. So you guys are wrapping up for the year now, right? Yep. Yeah, we're going to be heading out here. Um, with, with the weather, especially with the Young's Bay, the more the big lake starts to cool down, the more ice they're going to gain here with the, the weather as is. So it's just easier to get out before we have, have to break our way out. Just You just need an airboat. <laughs> yeah. When are you guys coming back up next year? What's opening day? Uh, I usually, like, I'll show up like the end of May, like right around that uh, Memorial Day. Just to start scouting for ducks? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, are you migration. hunting them then? Getting the <laughs> northern migration? Well, you gotta get a, you gotta get scouting at some point in time in the year. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'll get up mid-May when I get back home after being on the road from down south. So I'll, I'll come up a little bit earlier, but I got nothing better to do than come up and catch fish right away. So that's what I do. We guys guide fish in the summer, yeah. wall, walleyes and walleyes and muskies. When do you start muskie guiding? Uh, muskies third Saturday of June. Okay. So. Yep. 
Well, and I know last year we did a cast and blast and we caught some walleyes and actually some smallmouth and some perch and you caught a muskie. Yep. And I, I really wanted to do some jigging for muskies while we were up here. I really wanted to, we just didn't have time to do it. Um, but just because, especially with the conditions that we had and being the, that we were filming it, wanted to take every advantage we had because you don't always get that waterfall weather yeah. when you're filming and it's not always the it's kind of miserable to film it i'm not gonna lie to you it's not that much fun but uh it was a lot of fun mm-hmm. yeah my knuckles feel like they have arthritis <laughs> they got so cold like hands still hurt from that i don't know i'll quit complaining about it well, and then the open deck on the pontoon you don't get any kind of cover yeah. after the fact either so that didn't make it any easier coming in i uh, had a great time so get all these guys do some layout boat duck hunting up here at the northwest angle or do some fishing as well thank you to uh, young's bay thank you to jerry's for letting us uh, record in here and we had a halloween party in here the other night it's a good time so uh thank you guys thank you Corey. uh thank you dan nice job watch for the, the video coming to the fish hunt forever youtube channel and thanks for listening to Sporting Journal Radio. Sporting Journal Radio is a division of Macaba LLC. If you've got a question, comment, or story idea for us, send us an email. Go to sportingjournalradio.com. While you're there, you can learn how to advertise on the show and visit our store for hats, hoodies, coffee mugs, and more. Go to sportingjournalradio.com.